Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, it's It Could Happen Here, a podcast about things falling apart. And today, I'm I'm happy that we're we're recording this right now. James and Garrison, because we all just got a historic example of something falling apart. Elon Musk's big silly rocket. Uh, We're recording this about a day (laughs) or so after it exploded in midair over the Gulf Coast, showering a turtle sanctuary with toxic waste. Uh, It's such a such (laughs) a fun news item. That's comically perfect. It is really. It is pretty cool. Perfect. Yeah. Unless it crash landed in a kitten farm, that couldn't really be much more perfect. No, I mean it. What's nice is that it's given me, it's made me feel young again. Because uh, when I was a wee lad, uh, I was uh, attending a speech or debate rally in Cooper, Texas, when the last space shuttle to explode exploded directly over us, uh, blowing out a bunch of the windows in the building um, and raining. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was. Yeah. So I, whenever, whenever a space shuttle explodes over of some sort explodes over Texas, I get powerful nostalgia. Yeah. Well, they uh, what did they slip the surly bonds of earth to blow out the windows in a high school in Cooper, Texas? That's the line <laughs> yeah, goes. that's that's how the line goes. It mm-hmm. makes me think of all the other things I was doing that day, which was namely playing Lord of the Rings Risk uh, in a high school gym, as we as we were wont to do. Great game, uh, one of the better one of the better Risk covers. Ah, uh, what are we talking about today, friendos, buddies? Well. Chuckle uh, pals. Yeah, we're, we're talking well, about we're talking about one one man having a, having a fun time on <laughs> Discord.com. I guess yeah, <laughs> doing Discord the human equivalent of being yeah. a spaceship that explodes in the sky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, right. I, 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 I suppose Discord's not really a dot com. It's it's more it's more of no. a, it's more of a more of an application now. Mm-hmm. But it, yes, yep. it is. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, Discord, an app that I am permanently banned from. 
Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, what no. Did you do, what did you do? What did you do to Discord, James? What did you James? do to get banned from Discord? I you, sent a video. You of know my, who's on Discord, right? Yeah, like literally like, the worst fucking people on earth. All of the worst people. Yeah, no. We tried to start a Discord for the fundraising live show, and I tried with several emails, and every time it came back with ban evasion. Wow. Uh, that is extremely mm. funny, James. Yeah, I posted that a video really... of my chickens, and it has never forgiven me. Wow. Uh, well, yep. I mean, you know, those chickens didn't consent and they were technically naked. So I think it does count as revenge porn. Hello. My chickens um, are always close, man. They were little chicken pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're one of the pansies. The, the, there's a yep. big conflict in chicken owners and, and James yep. has taken a side. So we're talking this week about the Discord leaks. And this is one of those things we came into this kind of debating how much detail to go into. But when we brought this up, like... This is something that Gare, James, and I is like a major thing in our bubble for the last like week. So we've all been following yeah. it. But when we brought this up in the work chat, Daniel had no idea that this had gone on. So we're going to start with a pretty basic overview of what what people are calling the largest leak of top secret U.S. Uh, military and defense data um, since, you know, uh Snowden. Um, so we're 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 gonna go over all of that right now. I think I want to start by talking about an MMORPG called War Thunder. Uh, you, this uh, is a can you break down yeah. MMORPG for those of us? It's it's a it's like World of Warcraft. It's a okay. big video game that is play that you play online with a bunch of strangers. Um, it's a free game. You use like modern military weapons to like fight other players, um, and it's kind of well known for having extremely realistic renderings and and sort of depictions of the functionality of modern tanks and armored transports and fighter planes and naval vessels. Right. Um, so. And it's 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 like it's it's a game for war nerds, right? Like there's you you utilize like radar in a way that's broadly realistic. Like if you shoot, you know, uh, if one tank shoots at another, the the tank's weaponry works the way it's supposed to in the real world. The armor is vulnerable where it's vulnerable in the real world. And this is like the appeal to the kind of nerds who play this game. Um, and as you might guess from a bunch of people who really want to like in the most realistic way possible. Uh, render and fight each other with modern military vehicles. A significant number of these dudes are members of various different like defense departments, right? Uh, or at least are employed in, in some degree of various different national military forces. Uh, several different, as a result, like when arguments happen, you know, with any MMORPG, if you're playing like World of Warcraft, right? And like something gets nerfed or something isn't working as well as it's supposed to, you'll get these like massive threads in the forums where people are like arguing about how something needs to be changed or changed back or how there's a glitch or whatever. Uh, and because War Thunder is so based in realism, when you have these arguments online, it's often like, well, you know, the F-15 shouldn't work this way. It should work this way. And people will get into arguments about that. And then someone will, as happened like a, a couple of weeks ago, I think, yeah. uh, someone will post sensitive information about the F-15 Strike Eagle um, to, in order to like prove that it would function the way that they are arguing it should function in this forum debate uh, that amazing. happened earlier this year. And I think with the F-15, it wasn't technically top secret information. It was information that U.S. citizens were allowed to have, but not allowed to post online because that's a violation of something called ITAR, 
um, which is a, a thing that governs uh, the the export essentially of military information and technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, on another uh, situation, I think like a year or so ago, information about I believe the F twenty two was posted that was uh, extremely sensitive, that was like top secret. Um, and these are again like some dude who's got some sort of military job and has a clearance and thinks that the right way to use it is arguing about the video game War Thunder. Um, <laughs> these are not just Americans. I want to be clear about that. In July of 2021, uh, there was a player arguing about a Challenger 2 tank who claimed to have been a former tank commander with the British Army. Um, and he shared information from the Army Equipment Support publication. Uh, the information had been labeled unclassified, but it was actually classified. Um and other lakes have been a little more galling. Uh, a French army soldier leaked information on the Leclerc main battle tank uh, that was top secret, and a Chinese user leaked capabilities at the Chinese army's DTC-10 125mm anti-tank round that should not have been leaked. So this shit keeps happening in War Thunder. It's like a joke. Um, like the War Thunder account when these Discord leaks happened a week or so ago, like joked about it. Um, <laughs> like the thing that the game is known for yeah, uh, is these like different people in different national defense apparatus can't stop themselves from like leaking top secret info <laughs> about vehicles. <laughs> it's very funny. I guess the only reason I know why War Thunder exists. Uh, I think it's the only reason why we know a decent amount of what like what, by we here at, at meaning like, like I guess uh, like Western militaries know, uh, which of course we are all members of, uh, know about like Russian main battle tanks is from War Thunder leaks. Like, it's yeah, very it funny. Yeah, and you have to assume, I would be surprised if no one had tried just like having, you know, a, an agent from a national security agency in uh, oh, for uh sure. Thunder yeah. trying to like be like trying to like provoke arguments about Chinese tanks or whatever to get secret <laughs> yeah. info. I'd be shocked if that hasn't happened. Yeah. Um like the overlap between like people who might play War Thunder anyway and people who might work for a national security agency. Like those yeah. those Venn diagrams are a circle. Yeah, exactly. Um so it's one of those things where this happens a bunch on War Thunder, but it's just kind of something that people joke about because these leaks like they're meaningful, I guess, to like militaries care about them. But like you sitting at home, you hear like, oh, hey, details of like the couple of construction of a of the new Abrams like models <laughs> yeah. has leaked. That That's not like the same as, I don't know, Chelsea Manning leaking information about like war crimes by the U.S. military in Iraq or, or Edward Snowden leaking info about like the NSA. Like it's a little less relevant yes. to most people. Yeah. Um what we started seeing um, a couple of weeks ago is documents, top secret label documents, like actual pictures uh, of straight up unredacted top secret U.S. Defense Department documents just kind of filtering out over various discords. And they were kind of appearing in random little bits. You'd see one that was like a, an update on the war in Ukraine that was kind of showing concerns that the U.S. military had about uh, the ability of the Ukrainian military to carry out the counteroffensive that everybody's expecting in the near future. Um, you have like casualty estimates from the U.S. military. Um, another document that was leaked had like a bunch of information inside the Russian general staff. Um, so these are, number one, very serious leaks, right? You're, you're talking about, especially with the leaks from inside Putin's uh, kind of inner circle, you're talking about leaks that could potentially expose a major U.S. source inside the Russian government. 
Uh, and you're also talking about leaks that just kind of reveal the degree to which the, the CIA has an enormous amount of information, apparently at least, about what's happening um, inside the Kremlin. You know, so th these are very significant leaks, um, but they didn't appear they weren't being like, you know, kind of um, uh, filtered out and, and released by an agency like WikiLeaks. They weren't being sent to journalists. They were just kind of showing up in these, you know, Discord is a, basically a series of chat rooms. And they were just kind of showing up in different discords. Um, so this is, you know, a mystery. And it's the kind of mystery that like a certain kind of person who is extremely online is not going to be able to get out of their head and is going to kind of try to trace back to its origin. And in the case of this specific mystery, the nerd who could not get it out of their head and decided to trace it back to its origin was my former boss at Bellingcat, Eric Toller. Um, Eric is a very nice guy, uh, probably the most uh, talented and skilled researcher that I've ever met in my life. And, you know, Eric started seeing these, like everyone else, these top secret documents and was like, where the fuck are these coming from? And this is one of those things we'll talk about. It's become extremely controversial among a certain set of people uh, in the day since. But when this kind of started, number one, you can't really deny there was an intense public interest in figuring out what the origin point of these was, because that was the only way to figure out, are these actual leaks? When you see something that's just like listed as a top secret document randomly on the Internet, if you call up the U.S. government, and you say, hey, is this real top secret info? They're not going to say yes, right? Like, they, you don't get that response from them. I mean, um, and especially right now with all of, like, the AI mm -hmm. um, chat generation tools, generating fake documents is one of the main things people are doing for disinfo, generating, like, fake sources, fake documents. Of course, you can, like, edit things further to, like, make them seem more realistic. But, yes, the, you have... It would... <laughs> As someone who is extremely curious is going to wonder if this is actually like a real yeah. thing or if this is just some like bullshit prank or something. And there were edits of these yes. documents did also go viral. In fact, Tucker Carlson, one of the one of the original documents shows kind of U.S. estimates for killed in action on Ukraine's uh, on the Ukrainian side and on the Russian side in the war. Uh, obviously, it showed more Russian casualties than Ukrainian casualties, which is uh, consistent with all previous reporting. But the edit of it showed something like like m many times as many Ukrainian dead as Russian dead, um, which is you know something that was valuable for the people who are trying to argue that like this war is unwinnable on behalf of the Ukrainians, guys like Tucker Carlson, who covered the leaks on his show and knowingly used the fake edit of, of the leak. Uh, I can't imagine. he. I have to assume it was knowingly because yeah. it had been very well exposed by that point. Um, so there's really no other explanation, I think. But anyway, the fact that there were edits of these documents that were not legitimate going around is just kind of part of why there was a legitimate public interest in trying to figure out where the fuck are these things coming from? Um, Eric is, again, uh, an extremely good researcher um, and through a mix of open source intelligence and eventually just kind of like calling up people and talking to them, he found what appeared to be the source of these leaks, uh, which was an invitation only clubhouse on Discord of like 30 ish people, most of whom were teenagers. Um, over time, it kind of became clear that this group was um, a bunch of kind of young people who had gotten together during the pandemic to talk about, you know, games. These guys are all gamers. 
Most of them were like kids in high school. Um, they kind of were cut off from their friends, so they wanted a place to be social. They would share memes, including like extremely racist, you know, borderline Nazi shit. Uh, they would like watch movies over and like chat over kind of the voice app. Um, they were all what you call trad cats, which is like basically weirdo Catholic fundamentalists. Um, like I think a lot of them deny Vatican II, that sort of shit. Oh, wow. um, it's it's like a whole thing. A lot of them were that at least. So there was a lot of like praying and the anyway, bunch of weirdos. Uh, and the head of this group of weirdos was the oldest of them, a guy who was known on like in the discord as OG. Um, and OG, he's a uh, was, you know, uh, in the land of the teenagers, the person in their <laughs> early 20s who can buy an AR-15 is king. And so this guy, <laughs> this guy is in his early 20s. He's in the military, which he talks about. He posts videos of himself like shooting guns and like, you know, saying racial slurs and like signposting to these like, you know, weird memes and stuff that they're all into, which to them like makes him seem extremely cool. Right. Um, it's one of those things when you kind of read the different coverage of this, it's, um, there's a little bit of like weird culty stuff going on. Um, I, I don't know if I'd say that it was a cult in, in more than just like every, every discord server is a cult. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The insular <laughs> online communities like this very often reproduce aspects of cult dynamics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Robert here. We had a little uh, audio error, obviously, in the recording. Uh, I wanted to clarify this section because it was kind of garbled. Um, the name of the Discord server they were in was Thug Shaker Central, which is potentially a reference to one of a couple of things. You'll find some disagreement about this online, but it's it's not really relevant. Um, that's the, the Discord name that they worked under. Um, you get, like, the overall point of this. It's a bunch of, like, kids who are fans of games they're fans of like this uh this youtuber oxide um it's like a little group of dudes who got together via fandom and the uh the the pandemic and over the course of years developed like a shared culture and part of the shared culture is this guy og who's the older one of them you know trying to uh uh keep them aware of what he thought was important about kind of global politics and that particularly included aspects of like battlefield conditions in ukraine information uh about north korean ballistic missiles all of this kind of stuff that he had access to because spoilers he was in an air national guard wing as an intelligence uh uh, uh an in- like he, he was in the intelligence sector of like an air national guard ring and he had a security classification right um, and at, at, once this all got revealed, people are like, why the fuck does a 21 year old, because that's this guy's age, have access to top secret data? And everyone who knows anything about the way our, our government classifies information was like, most of the people who have yeah. access to it are like 20. Like, yeah. Like, like, that, that, fights our wars, 50 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it just genuinely like, you know, like if we've been around war and conflict and the people who do it quite a lot, I think most people would be genuinely blown away that most people doing it are children. Yeah. And this like, has caused, like, obviously some problems before for the defense uh, department. But it's also like it's kind of a thorny problem because, like, most of your workforce are always going to be young kids. These are spoilers, shitty jobs often. Um, and uh, that's the only one who will do a lot of them. And also just like if you're fighting a war. Most of the people you have that are going to be tasked with field intelligence are going to be in this age range. So yeah, it's not at all weird that this guy had access to this shit. Um, what is weird is that so he starts off kind of like arguing, you know, uh, sometimes he'll bring up stuff that he knows that's from classified documents while he's arguing, you know, about the war in Ukraine or whatever with his friends online. Um, and then he starts doing like a series of regular updates where he'll basically He'll type out details from like a bunch of different top secret documents and these massive, long and apparently kind of hard to read um, posts. And he'll just like post them into the chat uh, to kind of keep his friends abreast of what he thinks is you know important. But he gets frustrated over time that like they're not reading this shit because it's really boring and like kind of weird to just info dump top secret info. Yeah. Um, 
And they don't, these kids don't, again, like these other folks are like in high school, they don't really realize where he's getting the info or what he has, but they do, the folks who do pay attention recognize over time that like stuff will happen in the real world that corresponds to something he posted a couple of weeks ago and are like, wow, he seems to have like actually really good information. Um, Eventually OG gets frustrated because he's not, no one's paying attention to his posts. So he starts taking photos of just the top secret documents themselves and posting them in the Discord chat. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, now, a, this is unbelievably illegal. Yeah. <laughs> he really crossed a line there. Like, and just unbelievably dumb. It was, it was, by the way, it was illegal before, but yeah. this is really illegal. In terms of like allowing yourself, making it so much easier for the consequences you're fucking around to, to find you, like... He, that he crossed the Rubicon right there. Yeah. So and 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 now we have to face the hard question: Is this guy an illegalist king, or is he more problematic? And this is this is the question that we have to actually focus on now. Um, <laughs> Take our stop. Because it is it is on one hand pretty funny. It's extremely, it's extremely funny. funny. There's yeah. zero argument there among people who aren't shitheads. It's very funny. Yeah. It's very um, funny that like he could be doing an illegalism without with, with zero intention of doing so. Now, I, I do think there's a some people have kind of errantly called him a whistleblower. I, Which is not that's not accurate. No, yeah, that is no. th that is not what he's doing. He's a Nazi who's posting top secret information to impress children online. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's right, Garrison. I do think we have to I think we have to let, let's let's um. Um, dig into that a little bit, because a whistleblower is somebody who exposes information from inside of an organization um, for some sort of purpose. Right. They believe that what's going on is wrong. Um, they think that like there's they believe there's some sort of public interest in information that is being kind of siloed inside of an organization that they're a part of. And they release that organization. Right. Fundamentally, that's what a whistleblower is. Yeah. This guy was telling his friends in this 30 person discord, do not post these anywhere else. This is not stuff that you're allowed to share. This is just for your eyes because we're friends. Right. right. Yeah. Um, he does not intend for this to get out. Um, but here's the thing. All of his friends in this group are like dumb kids. And just like those people on War Thunder, they start getting into arguments with people outside of the Discord chat and other Discords. Discords, one of them is a fan Discord for some other YouTuber. One of them is the Discord is a Minecraft Discord. Um, and they get into arguments with random other users about like the war in Ukraine and stuff. And when they're having those arguments, they'll hear someone make a point and they'll think back to a top secret document that OG posted. And they'll be like, well, I know you're wrong because I've seen like some some CIA like satellite footage that like shows that this isn't accurate. And rather than being like, well, I guess I can't prove this person wrong on the Internet without exposing <laughs> my friend in our private discord to uh, being imprisoned for <laughs> a decade. They... They just grab top secret documents that he posted and they post them in these other discords. And that's how this shit breaks containment, right? Um, now, it's one of those things. I, I do want to note that, like, these are not, generally speaking, super pleasant people. Um, uh, o OG is the kind of guy who, like, one of his big arguments that he tries to, like, make to these kids, he, like, claims that based on the top secret info he has, which he posts nothing that proves this. Uh, the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York by that Nazi uh, at that uh, majority, you know, black uh, frequented 
uh, grocery store, that that was like a government plot to institute gun control and shit. It was a false flag. So he's not just posting good. He's like lying here, too, because obviously there's no intelligence to post backing that up. He just he's just kind of trying to it's a mix of he's trying to, like, prove that. You know, he's trying to make arguments about like what's happening, you know, in in various overseas conflicts using U.S. intel. But he's also just like spreading different kind of uh, conspiracy theories that he has to these kids who are by and large looking up to him. Um, there's a couple like the Washington Post has done some some really deep reporting where they talk to some of these kids where they're like, yeah, man, we loved him. Like you know, when yeah. he, he realized this shit had broken containment, he like called us and we were all crying because we knew he was going to go to prison. Um like they're they seem legitimately distraught. Um, yeah, there's like lines like he said something had happened and he prayed to God that this event would not happen, but now it's in God's hands. Yeah. So these are like these are like weirdo ashy kids. I hesitate to like condemn like the literal children too much because they're very vulnerable. This guy is like a bad he's in his early twenties. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. This guy is a bad person who is deeply like in a very fucked up way influencing this group of like. 30-ish teenagers on the internet um, in his, like, weird politics. It's not great. Now, that's separate from the question of, like, is there a value to these leaks, which we can talk about in a little bit. But, so as we've talked about, Eric Toller tracks down where this is happening, tracks down, like, the name OG, publishes a piece on Bellingcat. It's sort of ripped off by, like, I don't know, a dozen, like, every other newspaper uh, in the world. And then additional reporting is done. Bellingcat um, and uh, the New York Times team up and they eventually like track down and publish an article on who this guy is, uh, an airman named Jack uh, Tixera. Um, and they publish an article about that about a day before this guy gets arrested by the FBI. Um, and it's one of those things, one of the, if you if you look at the FBI affidavit, Um, it kind of makes clear how the FBI tracked this guy down and found him because they did so, you know, using the resources they had before the Times did. Online, people have been going after the Times and Eric for like uh, revealing this guy to the government, which is is not the case. Basically, once it became clear what had gotten leaked, the FBI, because they have access to, you know, the systems by which people um, utilize and, and get access to sensitive compartmented information, found out who had most recently, like on the days that kind of corresponded to the leaks, pulled up information about that and narrowed it down uh, to this guy, Jack. Um, they they like it, it, and they they were they had access to like one of the things they did is they called Discord and talked to Discord and Discord helped them track down where the leaks were originating from. Um, and then because they could see that the account that had posted, you know, the top secret data originally was a paid account. They were able to like provide the FBI with this guy's home address and shit. This is exactly what you'd expect for the FBI. Yeah, I mean, right. the, the FBI has a lot of non-open source means yeah. to do this type of investigations. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. are not doing what Eric is doing and just kind of like clicking through shit for hours and hours and hours until they figure out where it's come from. Like they have, they are the FBI. They have access to other things. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's what you'd expect from Discord too, right? Like, like they yeah. they will comply with whatever. Yes, they are. Yeah, absolutely. They These are top secret. Like, it's they don't have a legal choice here. They're a gigantic company. Yeah. They're going to comply. Um. So this is the kind of thing where, like, one of the there's this big argument. I don't even even know if it's big, but there's definitely like a weird chunk of the left that has like 
leaned on because the right has immediately started calling this guy a whistleblower um fucking marjorie taylor green was like he's a christian and he's a leaker trying to expose crucial details about our government and like no he wasn't he was like trying to fucking groom some teenagers and and, they posted it without his permission a lot of a lot of the more conspiracy type stuff is like a trying to call out like uh you know it's a, a lot of the more conspiracy related stuff is related to the russian invasion of ukraine and making it seem like the u.s is doing things that are wrong and secretly helping the ukrainians too much and it kind of it it, it, yeah. it plays into this weird weird thing that people have against the way biden's been handling the the geopolitics around the russian invasion and it's like it it, it plays into a whole bunch of right-wing talking points we've seen around russia you know we've seen this type of stuff get talked about uh, by Tucker Carlson quite often. Yeah, so the, 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 there's a, there's a whole bunch of like little nodes that this that that this touches on, and we even see we even see stuff like that among like you know people who are uh, authoritarian communists, yeah. right? Who are who are still pro Russia despite Russia not being a communist <laughs> country. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but still like being like oh there you know it, this is something he's trying to expose the 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 things that are we people are doing wrong to russia and it's like okay all right yeah yeah no and to me it's one of the and there's also you've gotten I, I, among some chunks of the left this attitude that like well you know i don't care why he did it or like what he is in his personal life any leak you know of the us military machine is good and should be you know protected and it's like for one thing this guy, like nobody knew where these things were coming from. There was a vested need in sort of figuring out what the origin point was yes. to figure out if they were accurate. Um, but for like another thing, I don't know, man, um, you can argue about like what point, you know, the digging, whether or not like the the it, it's ethical to dig this shit back to its source. Um, I would argue that like people also have a right to know if there's some sort of fucking like like if, if the documents were fake or altered in some way. There was a reason to be trying to figure out the providence of this shit. But more to the point, like I think it's good to have access to like data from inside of our military. I think that's that's broadly positive. And I when I look at these data or when I look at what's been leaked, I don't think most of it's you know, one of the concerns that's always that always exists when you're talking about a leak of data is like, is this going to expose like potentially innocent people um, to any kind of harm? And there is a potential for that with some of this, because some of it dealt with Ukrainian military readiness for the upcoming offensive. And like, yeah. you know, like, I don't really care if some guy inside the Kremlin who's like a, a member of the Russian general staff and a double, I don't care if that guy, like something bad happens to him. He's probably not a great dude, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I do care about like a bunch of random Ukrainian soldiers potentially getting harmed. Now I, I will say from what I can tell from this, I think the odds of that are pretty low. It looks like this has impacted kind of the timetable um, for the, the counteroffensive, but I don't know that it's, I haven't seen any evidence that it's exposed things in a way that's like going to cause loss of life although it's a little bit un unclear as to whether that not that might happen but also while i while i think it's accurate to say I, i'm not seeing evidence that like a lot of people's safety have been harmed by these leaks it's also not you know what we're it's not anything like what snowden did or what manning did right again uh manning revealed you know vid videos like the collateral murder video evidence of like breakdowns of of order and and things that i think are accurate to call war crimes that were being kind of hidden by our government 
whereas Snowden revealed intense details about an NSA spying program. All of that's extremely relevant to the average American. Most of this is just kind of like wonky in, inside baseball military stuff, um, which, again, I'm not like sad that it's gotten out, but it's also not it, it, it really does seem like a bunch of shit that like a guy pulled out based on his own kind of like weird interests. It's not right. there's not like a strong unifying theme around them. And again, most of it's most of it's shit that's not going to be interesting to the average person. One of the documents I just read an article about because like we don't entirely know everything that was leaked right now. Right. There's been there's like the Post and the Times seem to have a pretty complete archive of what was leaked, but they haven't published anything because, you know, they're reading through it and, you know, actually reporting it out. One of the articles that just came out was about the the fact that the Ukrainians made some overtures to the Kurdish led uh, um, self-administration in um, in northern northeast Syria to Rojava, to the SDF, um, in order to talk about the potential for them attacking Russian assets uh, in elsewhere in Syria. Um, when this has kind of gotten out over like Twitter, it's often been like described as, oh, the Ukrainians were going to team up with the Kurds who attacked Russia in Syria. Like um, like this was an actual like serious plan. If you actually the document, it seems a lot less inciting than that. Basically, what happened was some folks on the Ukrainian general staff or whatever were like looking into the possibility, hey, you know, is there any way that we could kind of anything we could pay the Kurds over in Syria to carry out an attack on the Russians? And apparently they had access to somebody um, who claimed to be in the SDF, at least. And that person was like, we might be able to do something if you can get us some anti-air defenses. Right. right. Um, which I don't know how Ukraine could possibly ship meaningful anti-air defenses to northeast Syria. It's kind of bordered on all sides. Um, there is some stuff. If you're a walk in the region, there is some interesting stuff about this, which is that. The SDF basically responded like, we could potentially do this. We couldn't attack Russian assets that are within the borders of the self-administration. Um, Russians are acting as peacekeepers there between um, Turkey and you know its kind of desire to invade the entire region. Uh, they're not great as peacekeepers. The Armenians will tell you that Russian soldiers are not great, pe- great peacekeepers. But the SDF didn't want to like shit where they were eating, right? Um, so there was some like debate about where my, they might be able to attack. One of the things that is really interesting about this leak is that apparently Ukraine at, like talked to Turkey about this because obviously the Turks consider the core of the SDF, the YPG, to be a terrorist organization. Um, but when Ukraine was talking to them, they're like, hey, we might basically bribe these people to carry out an attack on Russian assets elsewhere in Syria. Turkey was like, okay, well, don't do it here, 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 because that's kind of close to some of our guys that might upset. Like that that part yeah. is interesting. But again, none of this matters all that much because nothing I mean, happened. As far as we know, in December, uh, Zelensky was like, no, don't proceed with looking into this. Um, this is the kind of thing like the U.S. military has like plans for what happens if we have to fight Canada. This is the kind of thing defense departments do. And as far as I can tell, there's no evidence that went much further than like a series of phone calls. Right. Um, which, by the way, the SDF denies ever happened. I don't know what exactly occurred. I don't know if it, it's hard for me to tell. Did the Ukrainians, were they talking to someone who was actually a representative of the SDF's like military hierarchy or was this like some guy that they thought was because maybe ukraine doesn't have great context into the like or did the u.s and it's it's not kind of clear did the u.s maybe like hook them up with somebody um but it doesn't like at the at the end of the day you can argue i as someone who follows the region i find this kind of interesting it's not exactly like uh 
groundbreaking, you know, uh, in its importance because nothing happened. No one did anything. This is like some guys in Ukraine thought about doing a thing and then decided not to, which is, you know, potentially interesting context. But we're not talking about the Manning or the Snowden leaks here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a, that particular document, I think, is kind oh, of it. Yeah. Clearly, they, they have access to people who have formerly fought in, in Syria with the YPG, right? There are there are probably dozens of them now fighting in Ukraine with other volunteer units. Like, it, it's it's not hard to see how this thought came up. But like you say, nothing really happened. It was just some people, like, spitballing. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, I don't know, um, there's some other, like, 
bits and stuff in here that are kind of interesting. One of them was uh, there was a document in there about how the U.S. had kind of like interfered in peace negotiations in Yemen um, due to like kind of concerns that they had about the fact that China was kind of brokering a degree of peace between the Houthi rebels and between the Saudi government. Um, there's definitely some like slightly some somewhat shady shit from the U.S. in there. But at the end of the day, it didn't derail the peace negotiations. It's just like, yeah, there were like 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 and a lot of it's like that where it's kind of like this is useful context. I'm glad historians or journalists reporting it out will have that. But at the end of the day, like the fact that like, oh, hey, at one point in these peace negotiations, the U.S. was like, you know, being being kind of a kind of a dick um, isn't exactly like shocking, you know. Um, it's not going to like change o- your overall concept of what's happening over there. And it's not stuff that like is uh, most of it's not stuff that's like massively important, important. It is really interesting that the detail that our, our defense establishment apparently has um, from within the Russian government. I do think it's worth noting because we're talking like when we talk about sort of the uh, the provenance of these and the the reliability of these leaks as they regard the war in Ukraine, um, there's been a lot of talk about like, oh, this reveals that like the U- Ukraine doesn't have the capacity to carry out a counter a- offensive or, or that the war has gone much worse for them than they think. Um, it is kind of worth noting that like prior to the expanded Russian invasion, all U.S. military intelligence suggested that the Ukrainian government was going to fold in a matter of days. So even though a lot of this is top secret info, that doesn't mean it's like 100% accurate, right? Like our guys, like think back to the Iraq war. Our dudes get shit <laughs> wrong constantly. That, yeah. <laughs> um, so it years. is, again, this is all really interesting. And I, I will say uh, two things. I think it's very funny that this this guy nuked his entire life basically to oh, impress yeah. children on a Discord. Um, I think it's extremely funny. I have laughed many a time at this. I also think it's like, I like as someone who is interested in this stuff, interesting that and good that we have this context. I don't think any of this is like massively surprising or shocking. Like the the shit that's in that defense industry and or a defense intelligence agency analysis of um, you know, the Ukrainian position right now is like stuff that you would know if you were paying attention to the good OSINT aggregators who have been covering the war, and if you've been like just reading good reporting on what's going on over there. Uh, I'll read a little bit of a summary um, from from an article that's kind of going over some of the other stuff that appears to have been leaked. One details information apparently obtained through U.S. eavesdropping on Russia's foreign intelligence service and suggests that China approved the provision of lethal aid to Russia in its war in Ukraine earlier this year and planned to disguise its military equipment as civilian items. Another includes details of a test conducted, uh, conducted by Beijing on one of its advanced experimental missiles, the DF-27 hypersonic glide vehicle, on February 25th. It says the vehicle flew for 12 minutes across 1,300 miles and that it possessed a high probability of penetrating U.S. ballistic missile defense systems. The doc- Documents contain new details about a Chinese spy balloon dubbed Killeen 23 by U.S. intelligence agencies that earlier this year flew over the United States. They detail sophisticated surveillance equipment. U.S. intelligence agencies were aware of up to four additional Chinese spy balloons, the documents say in another uh, previously unreported revelation. And so let's let's kind of break that down. One thing we have here is uh, an basically an argument through from the U.S. that based on their intercepts, they believe that China has approved provisioning weaponry, selling weaponry to Russia and disguising it uh, as civilian items. 
Um, that doesn't mean they have done this. It means that like there's SIGINT that someone in our government has that s- says that they were. That could be disinformation from them. Um, it could be out of date. It could be something like with this Ukraine and Syria thing that they talked about doing and then didn't do. Um, it's interesting. I would say if you are a defense industry reporter, it's something that would could should definitely spur you to further reporting because like that's really relevant if that's occurring. Um, but it's not the final word on the matter. Meanwhile, you've got this thing on like, yeah, this hypersonic missile the Chinese have is uh, good at shooting shit, theoretically. Um, this is, you know, the kind of thing that's that's interesting and I, I think is probably more accurate than, you know, uh, talking about the, the China providing lethal aid because you can kind of yeah, you know, theoretically, you're looking at actual like data on how the missile has performed. It just seems like it's something that you've got more fidelity on. Um, but this is again to kind of contrast it with like the Snowden and and Manning leaks. Well, what do you what do you do if like the NSA is spying on people? Well, you could at least attempt to pass laws that restrict their ability to do that, right? Uh, what do you do if there have been like war crimes committed by your military that were then covered up. Well, you can at least attempt to prosecute people. What do you do if some other country's got a better missile? Well, <laughs> there's not a whole lot for you to do sitting at home in like New York City or, you know, fucking Austin, Texas, right? Like, like what, what are we to do about China's hyper? I don't know. My assumption, generally speaking, not that this isn't interesting, but my assumption, generally speaking, is that when you're talking about Russia, China, the United States, we can all murder each other if we wanted to, right? <laughs> like we've all got real nice missiles at this point. And it's this, you know, the the Chinese spy balloon stuff is like interesting. I don't think anyone's surprised by this. Like we knew there was a spy balloon. I assumed it had sophisticated surveillance technique. Um, It's again, it's interesting that there were four other spy balloons in the area. But we simply know from older reporting that this happened like three or four times while Trump was in office, too. So like, yeah, this is something we've known about. There's been reporting about this is corroboration. That's interesting. Again, none of this is really like a sea change in our understanding of any of these conflicts. It is interesting context. Some of it's being blown up, um, you know, into stuff that it isn't. There's reporting on like the number of U.S. servicemen in Ukraine that's being like spun as like, we've got boots on the ground there. And it's like, well, they're like embassy guards and stuff. There's like 29 yeah. dudes that this like confirms. Michael this Tracy actually, ass yeah, <laughs> yeah, this confirms there's not a lot of U.S. guys on yeah, the ground yeah. there. Um, we do send a lot of people when we're, when we're doing wars. But yeah, like every yeah. embassy in the world has a contingent of Marines who, who like make sure that it doesn't just get uh yeah i don't want to say benghazi'd but uh yeah like, yeah no benghazi'd yeah, yeah that's fine uh and, and, and this is not new news to anyone who's been paying attention but if you are michael tracy this is brain melting shit michael tracy's a weirdo quasi left journalist who like early He's- on in the war he didn't want to go into ukraine very much but he like hung out in poland and took pictures of like u.s soldiers and like a facility that they were had been in for years and was like, look, you know, this is evidence of the secret yeah. U.S. support. And it's like, guys, I mean, for one thing, like, look at this. Look at how much shit just leaked out because some kid wanted to impress children. If there were like like secret massive formations of U.S. troops or even large like forces of U.S. spec ops guys carrying out operations in Ukraine, how good do you think they'd be at keeping that shit secret? Right. For one thing, like. Special forces guys get killed all the fucking time. Like yeah. they get killed, they get overrun. Like it, it, like it's a it's a terrible risk 
for us to just like send SEAL Team 6 in to fight the Russians when, spoilers, the Ukrainians have really good special forces, guys. Every bit as good as ours, actually, with, in a lot of cases, more experience fighting this kind of war. And yeah. we're giving, and it's like, if you want to talk about US involvement, we're giving them their weapons. Like, we're involved fucking plenty. There's just not much of a point in us, like, sending the green fucking berets in to Bakhmut, right? Like, why? Yeah. Um, right. that doesn't, that doesn't help us at all. Um, like, that doesn't like help our, our government. That's not like good for the military. It's, it would be stupid. Um, anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah. any, anything else to talk about here? Do we want to talk about the Israel one? Um, oh yeah, no, this is one of the interest, although it's not, again, basically one of the things that leaked is like the U S is spying on all of its allies, which this yeah. leaks every couple of years. We're always spying on our allies. Um, including Israel. Uh, Israel has spied on us a bunch. That's why they have nuclear weapons. Um, yeah, James, you want to talk about this? Yeah. So this is a document that basically, um, what it alleges is that what, what has been alleged, perhaps incorrectly, is, is that it was encouraging Mossad staff to, to attend protests against Netanyahu when he was attempting his, uh, like, uh, yeah. his autogolpe, his, like, his coup from within, uh, yeah. whatever you want to call that, right? His... Um, he was attempting to centralize power, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, uh, it, it's a, it's a leaked, like you said, it's a document, uh, and it, it says that, uh, it, I'm quoting from it, or I'm quoting from reporting on it at least, senior leaders of the Mossad spy service advocated for Mossad officials and Israeli citizens to protest the new Israeli government's proposed judicial reforms, including several explicit calls to action that decried the Israeli government, according to SIGINT, um, Signals Intelligence. The infamous, like, so actually Netanyahu himself has been asked about this. Um, and, and it's worth noting that he appointed the Mossad director, a guy called David, I think it's Barnea. Yeah. Um, and he has also, uh, he's, he's on the record previously in news media before this, saying that he had clarified to Mossad personnel who could attend protests and who could yeah. not attend. Like, because at, at a certain point, uh, in in any of these things, like you're not allowed to to be explicitly political, right? Um, yeah, f- folks, even at a very low point in the U.S. military, like you're not yeah. you're not supposed to say and do certain things. Um, so uh, the, uh, the there was a petition that went out earlier, and again, this has already been reported. Uh, they that was sent by intelligence officers, basically saying like, "We'll go on strike." It, yeah, and there had been again like widely reported instances of other Israeli military people saying that, that they would go on strike or not show up for work uh, if, if these judicial reforms went ahead. So I think, again, it's been uh, kind of, oh, we, we've really stretched. What was interesting, I thought, was that it had a FISA label on. Um, FISA is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. And if people aren't familiar, um, basically, it it allows US intelligence to wiretap things which they can do it without warrant if it doesn't include a US person. Uh, so a, a US person is not just a citizen, but also maybe a permanent resident, something like that, yeah. right? Like, like a person who uh, has more rights than others in the United States. Uh, but in this case, they seem to have got a FISA warrant, um, which it's very easy to get, right? It's like a closed courtroom procedure where they go to a judge and like, it's not like an adversarial uh, argument. No, there's, there's no one who argues that you should get the warrant. And um, so in practice, 
they nearly always get these warrants. Um, but what it showed, they have to disprove that it's intelligence asset of a foreign power. And so it, it showed that at some point they went for a judge and said, like, hey, you know, they, they, we need to wiretap some kind of um, some kind of communications or I'm using wiretap in the broad sense rather yeah, than yeah, in yeah. the specific sense. But uh, it's it's interesting, I think, that that they have um, some intelligence asset in the United States who said, hey, we know there's an Israeli intelligence asset. And and to be clear, that this could just be shit that's going in and out of the embassy. Um, the, the, and they've decided that it, they, that they needed to wiretap that and keep an eye on that. And now, given, <laughs> given, given that, like, Israel's foreign policy is, has been toxic and terrible for decades, but Netanyahu is is a new degree of crazy. Uh, it, it is it's unsurprising that like anyone concerned with uh, I guess international relations would would want to know more about what yeah. what's going on. And, um, and again, like that's it's interesting context. As you noted, a lot of this had been reported out previously. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're, we're it, it it's it's just like um, it's 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 all. Interesting. Again, I'm my 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 attitude here is like I'm glad this information is out, and I don't really care what happens to Jack Texiera. Like, yeah, in my in my ideal world, the policing infrastructure that's come down on this kid would not exist. Yeah. Um, but he made this decision knowing full well what happens when you leak top secret. Like, it's one of those things where it's like yeah. just just within the context of shit that's fucked up in our country. The thing I'm going to be upset about is not a kid leaking top secret info to win an online argument uh, and then having it blow up on him, right? Like, especially not a kid who's a fucking Nazi. At the end of the day, he did something that was obviously dumb. It's like if some guy hops on Twitter under his real name and starts posting pictures of heroin and saying, hey, guys, (laughs) this is my name and address. I'm selling hella heroin. Here's photos of a felony quantity of heroin and guns. Well, I think heroin should be legal, but I'm not going to like I'm not going to like make a crusade out of that guy's arrest because that's stupid. Like yeah. that, like you know what happens if you post, "Hey, here is my at home address and name. Here is all of the heroin I'm selling." Yeah, you'll probably get in trouble because you have posted online a serious crime. Obviously, that could be yeah. a problem for you. That's just not my primary concern in the world. When people do really stupid shit and it blows up on them, um, and it's like again, leakers. You look at the way Manning proceeded. You look at the way Snowden proceeded. They were aware of the danger of what they were doing. I mean, you know, Chelsea did years in fucking prison. Snowden fled the country. Um, that's because they were like, actually whistleblowers. Because they were whistleblowers. Yeah. They under they under they understood this is a serious like this is very illegal, and I have to try to take steps to protect myself um, because the government's going to come after me. The thing about Jack is like just the level of like arrogance that like I can post this shit all day long and nothing will happen. Um, it was like, well, for one thing, this is never going like it's information you're posting online. Like, I don't care. There's no way to keep stuff completely contained within a 30 person discord. It's going to leak out. And when it is, the government's going to want to know who the fuck is leaking this shit. <laughs> and you took like took pictures of this shit inside his home. Like, it's just dumb. I'm not going to like I don't. At the end of the day, I have no room in my sympathy for like a, a fucking fashy kid who committed the dumbest crime possible and got in trouble. Like, I don't know. There's there's people who, I don't know, for example, were camping in a forest and are getting charged with terrorism and facing longer 
penalties, right? Jack might do 15 years at the most, which is like fucked up, I guess. But, you know, it, there's people facing a lot worse for a lot less. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, whatever. I, I don't care what happens to this kid. He seems like he sucks. Um, I think the leaks are interesting. There's nothing in here that's like fundamentally changed my understanding of geopolitics, though. Yeah, that's where I, I am. I would agree. It is a useful yeah. reminder to keep your crime offline. Yeah, don't uh, continue <laughs> don't continue crime. to not <laughs> post crimes on the internet. Um, <laughs> again, if you're selling heroin, don't post on Twitter. Here is my name and home address. Anyone want to buy some fucking China White? Um, that's not a so, great idea. <laughs> if, if if anyone has any top secret documents, uh, you can find me on the Star Wars: The Old Republic forums. <laughs> yeah. Um, just just post just post them mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am uh, part of the Jedi Initiate program, so just locate that, and it, it'll be. You'll, I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'll see it. Yeah, uh, I am on the uh, the the Nosdormu server on World of Warcraft. Uh, you can just hit me up under my uh, my given name. Just DM me. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. You can send that shit to me over, um, uh, AOL instant messenger. That's how I take all of my leaks. It's the most secure platform. (laughs) You can find me in the mountain project comment section where only good things happen. uh, (laughs) Oh, wait, we're all on war thunder too. So you can hit uh, us up there too. For work reasons. Yeah. I'll be shit talking your, uh, your grading on a, on a problem, but also accepting national security leaks. Yeah. Uh, we do, we do it all. All right, everybody. That's an episode. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.